the twenty-first day of the month. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Romans 7, verse 15. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth, and give me an undivided heart to revere your name. Psalm 86, verse 11. The sixth beatitude, happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. The 19th century lay theologian Soren Kierkegaard wrote that purity of heart is to will one thing, one thing, not two, between which we must then choose, but how to achieve such unity of purpose. How often have you said about some spiritual challenge, on the one hand, I want to go in this direction, but on the other hand, I am drawn to the opposite way. Even Paul the Apostle confessed that too often he wanted to do one thing, yet did another. Ultimately, Paul resolved his conflict by seeing that in his own power, he could not be always of one mind. Only Christ could deliver him from his spiritual confusion. Could it be that this beatitude is not saying that first we must have purity of desire, and as a reward we will see God? Could it be instead that when we pray to be delivered from a double mind, we see God in ways that only God can know? How appropriate to keep offering the petition of the psalmist quoted above, to seek an undivided heart. Opening Prayer Majestic God, glowing in a splendor I cannot bear to see, show me as much of yourself as I have eyes to behold. For the rest, let me simply entrust myself to your goodness. Remove from me selfish motives, that those evil intentions that I have mingled with holy desires create in me a clean heart, O God and put a new and right spirit within me. For you only can do this, through Jesus Christ, who in Gethsemane faced down the demons that divide us. Amen. Psalm 86, verses 8 through 15. There's no one quite like you among the gods, O Lord, and nothing to compare with your works. All the nations you made are on their way, ready to give honor to you, O Lord, ready to put your beauty on display, parading your greatness and the great things you do. God, you're the one. There's no one but you. Train me, God, to walk straight. Then I'll follow your true path. Put me together one heart and mind. Then, undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you, dear Lord. I've never kept secret what you're up to. You've always been great toward me. What love! You snatched me from the brink of disaster. God, these bullies have reared their head. A gang of thugs is after me, and they don't care a thing about you. But you, O oh God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered, immense in love, and you never, never quit. From the book of Judges, chapter 17, verses 1 through 13. Now there was a man of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Micah. He said to his mother, The eleven hundred pieces of silver which were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse in my hearing, behold, the silver is with me, I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. He then returned the eleven hundred pieces of silver to his mother, and his mother said, I wholly dedicate the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a graven image and a molten image now, therefore I will return them to you. 
So when he returned the silver to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver and gave them to the silversmith, who made them into a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a shrine, and he made it ephan and household idols, and consecrated one of his sons, that he might become his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now there's a young man from Bethlehem in Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he was staying there. Then the man departed from the city, from Bethlehem in Judah, to stay where he might find a place. And as he made his journey, he came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah. Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am going to stay wherever I may find a place. Micah then said to him, Dwell with me, and be a father and priest to me, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, a suit of clothes, and your maintenance. So the Levite went in. The Levite agreed to live with the man, and the young man become to him like one of his sons. So Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. From the book of Acts, chapter 7, verses 44 to the first verse of the eighth chapter. Our fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. And having received it in their turn, our fathers brought it in with Joshua upon dispossessing the nations whom God drove out before our fathers until the time of David. David found favor in God's sight and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and earth is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all these things? You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become, you who received the law as ordained by angels, and yet did not keep it. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud gold voice, and covered their ears, and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. From the Gospel according to John, chapter 5, verses 19 through 29. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. 
For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these. So then you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son will also give life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgments to the Son, so that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of the death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming, in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and all will come forth, those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Monday's Prayer Remember, O Lord, all for whom we prayed while gathered yesterday in public worship. Teach us how best we may serve them with deeds of love and kindness. Forgive us for any whom we neglected in prayer. Help us to open our hearts to the needs of all. Grant that what you taught us to do we may both ponder and perform. We bless you for the signs of your love revealed in bread and cup. By these gifts grant us not only hope until we gather at the heavenly banquet, but also graciousness that we may share with others among us the fruits of this earth. If anyone made a profession of faith, baptism, confirmation, or reaffirmation, please lift up their name at this time. Make firm and steadfast the faith of those who yesterday made covenant promises in the midst of the congregation that they may be worthy disciples Remind us continuously to keep the promises we have made to them as sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus. Bind into one company of hope and one community of service all that you have made and redeemed by the sacrificial life and death of Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen. This is a prayer from Jeanette Struken from her book, Prayers to Pray Without Really Trying. Help the offbeat, O God. Capture their rebellion. Listen to their song of forsakenness. Reach them in their exile. But let some of their courage rub off on me, Lord. I don't want to be swallowed by the whale of conformity. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Current Ecumenical Text our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 